Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message in our current series. Well, good morning. Oh, happy New Year. It's good to see you. Yeah. I was, uh, I was away last weekend, out sick, and uh, missed being with you. Got to sit home. Watch as, as Britt brought the word. Amazing message, yeah, yeah. But I, I do, I do want to just start by saying I was sitting home on the bed sick as a dog. And I have a little bone to pick with Brittany, I'm not going to lie. Because I'm sitting there sick, and she says, Pastor has a little cold. <laughs> like a little cold i've been in bed for six days don't you know the the one medicine a man needs when he's sick is sympathy am i telling the truth guys the one medicine better than nyquil tylenol prescription i want some sympathy i want you to act like i'm dying and you can't live without me that's what i need when i'm not feeling good but it is, it, is good to, it is good to be back in a new year. And there's something about the, the flipping of the calendar. Here we are about a week into it, and there's something about it. I mean, it's just a, it's just a week like any other week, a, a new year, a new opportunity, but, but there's something about it, like the wiping clean of a slate. There's something in it that just speaks of of opportunity and and part of that is because our mind starts reflecting on on where we're at and where we're going and what we might want to see differently and so i thought we'd take just kind of a week to to lean into that about how it is that that change and transformation happens in our lives because i'm guessing that you're like me you come to a new year and there's something something that you hope we better this year and i'm not just talking about things that you can con- can't control or things you hope will happen i'm talking about you and what's happening in you and how you're reacting to things and how you're living and how you're feeling and who you are. There's an old saying, measure twice, cut once. Carpenters all in the room know that. I'm not a carpenter. I'm not even a handy man. I'm, I can do stuff because I'm cheap. That's about as far as it goes. And it doesn't get done particularly well. And after I'm done, I usually wish I'd not been so cheap and hired somebody to do it. But measure twice, cut once, is just a reminder that sometimes in life, a little bit of preparation, a little bit of planning, helps us to uncover the result we were hoping for. And so here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to suggest three questions at the beginning of this year that you can begin to ask yourself that will help you to measure twice 
cut once. That will help you begin to look at life and what God is doing in your life and see what else he might want to do. So here's the first question. It's an obvious one, right? It's what do I need to work on? You see, here's the reality. Christianity is not magic. I, I hear sometimes people, I hear talk, people talk about Christianity like it's, like, like it's a, a David Copperfield show, like stuff just boom, just happens to you. That's not, that's not the work of God in this world. The work of God in this world is generally the work of transformation. It's God like picking stuff out in my life, speaking deeply into my soul and transforming me. And so a good way to begin down that path is to ask yourself the question, what do I need to work on? Romans chapter 12 is this great verse about transformation. Let me read it to you in verse two. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Listen, the easiest thing in the world is just to copy what everybody else is doing with the person next to you, the person around you, the person that you like, the person that you don't like, the person you grew up with, the person you wish you hadn't grown up with. The easiest thing in the world is just to copy what everybody else is doing. And what it's saying here is don't do that. That's a sure recipe. That's like measuring once. Instead, it says, but let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know what God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. What does God want me to be? This is an important point. Don't just, don't just think in terms of what I want to have, what I want to get, I want to get skinny. I want to get rich. No, 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 don't, don't do that. Think in terms of what does God want me to be? What kind of person is God trying to transform me into? What are the rough edges, the burrs in my life that just keep popping up over and over and over again and defeating me that this year I want to live differently? You see, we all come into kind of this new season with a little bit of a hope for something better. But, but hope and better are vague, right? And vague just goes like this. So my challenge to you is to make it specific. I, I've talked about this before, and I just think it's a powerful tool. And that is simply to pick a word. I just want to be careful. Like when, when I say pick a word, I'm not, I'm not talking about some like new age mumbo jumbo that there's power in your words. It's not what I'm talking about. A word is a reminder. Pick a word that kind of sums up, that reminds you, that digs deep into what God wants to make you. A word like presence or kindness or gentleness or faithful. A word like loved. A word like fearless, right? Like these are words that like speak and they remind us of who God has made us to be and what he wants to do. And there's something powerful about 
a word that I can kind of have as a handle. And I've talked about this before because, because every year I go into a year and I, I kind of, I have a word and sometimes two and sometimes three. I've got two right now and I'm not going to lie. They're holdovers from last year because I don't feel like I made enough progress in them last year. So I took last year's two words and I just brought them into this year because they're the two things God is working on most in my life. And I go back to them every single day, 365 days a year. I'm writing those words out because they're a reminder. Here's here's a powerful verse about this James chapter 3 verse 2 it says indeed we all make many mistakes that could be a life verse for all of us couldn't it let's put that one up on the mirror we all make many mistakes it's not done says for if we could control our tongues we would be perfect That's that's an outrageous statement but there it is I'm just reading it If we could control our tongues, we would be perfect, which means you can't control your tongue. (laughs) But if you could, there's something about the tongue, we would be perfect and control ourselves in every other way. Now, now it's it's telling you something here about about how you speak and what you say. And, and And I think in many ways, it's talking about the conversations we have, not just outwardly, but inwardly, the words we have with ourselves. Here's what it says next. Verse three, it says, We can make a large horse go wherever it wants, wherever we want, by means of a small bit in its mouth. Most of us aren't riding horses here, a few of us, but most of us aren't. But we kind of get the picture, like a bit in the mouth, and you can kind of, you know, yank it this way, yank it this way, and it kind of goes where you want it to go. He's got another one. He says, a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. Oh, we're getting the picture here that this... This, uh, this, this word, these, that our words, our language, our speech, they're, they're, they're like rudders. They're, they're like a bit in the horse's mouth. And I'm convinced that if this were, this were written in, in modern days, it would, it would include maybe instead of a ship and a rudder, it would include the, the wheel and the car, the tires, right? You, you, you have that wheel and, and, and a word, the words we speak are like, it's like a handle and we can, we can turn it and, and it's used. It's a small thing, but it steers a large thing. And, and that's what it's speaking to here. It's saying, listen, when, when, when you take the, 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 the word, a, a word, the things we say and you, 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 you distill it down it's a reminder it's powerful and it's a way that you talk to yourself it's a way that you remind yourself not of how powerful you are and not of what you want to be instead it reminds you of what God wants you to be and of what he's doing in your life and of how faithful he is that's the that's the beauty of the choosing of a right word it's like this word that's just bringing me back it's like when your car's a, a little bit out of alignment or there's something you want to avoid in your road you you know you can you can turn it and that word is the way you turn it and so I'm just I'm just saying at the beginning of this journey what is it I need to work on maybe you like bring that down to a single word I'm not sure I'm gonna be perfect at this but here's where I'm looking for growth here's where I'm looking for you to change something in my life and we begin to 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 find that word like wisdom or 
generosity or patience or kindness or fearless or loved or pure or faithful or confident or gentle. And the, the list goes on and on and on. You could, you could make up your own long list and distill it down to that word or, or two words that you see God transforming. There's that edge. There's that burr in your life. And he's rubbing it off and he's making you into something new. And that word is just that reminder. It's that bit in the mouth, right? It's the rudder of the ship. It's the, the steering wheel of the car that's just bringing me back, bringing me back day after day after day. There's a second question. You're taking notes, writing things down. Where will I find answers? Maybe we should write that down. Where will I find new answers? I thought of that after. We're always finding answers, but where will I find answers? You see, we all need a, we all need a source that we can, we can trust. We, 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 need, we need a source for answers. We need to have something in our life that's, that's true and we can rely on. We need the we need the the, the the measure that we can we can because if we don't have a measure we're just eyeballing it. You ever just eyeball it? That's about six inches. I think that's supposed to be like six inches. I think it's more than six inches. It's about that's about cut that in half. That's about half. That looks like about an inch. We're just eyeballing it. A lot of us are just walking through life. We're just eyeballing it. I think that's about right. That's good. I think that's good. That's, I'm, yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to say back to that person. That's kind of how I wanted to act, sort of, kind of. Not completely. Half, maybe. I'm just eyeballing it. Sometimes we're really good. You know what? We get the person next to us to eyeball it with us. Does that look good to you? Yeah, it looks good to me. It's about six inches. That's about half. We're just eyeballing it. We're just going through life, making decisions. And it's no wonder that with every cut we make, it's just a little bit off. Where will I find answers? You see, we need, we, we need something that is accurate and true and reliable that we can, we can kind of pull out and on a... Uh, on a daily basis, just kind of measure ourselves against it. And, and this, is, this is what the Scriptures are to us. Here's what it says in 2 Timothy. In chapter 3, it says, All Scripture is inspired by God. And it's useful. This, this book here, these, these words in it, all of it is it's inspired by God. Literally, that means... It means it's God-breathed. That's what the word inspired means. It's God-breathed. It's meant for us, and it's useful to teach us. And here's what it says. What's true? <laughs> what, what's six inches? What's two inches? What's 12 inches? What's two feet? It's te to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. And here's what it does. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. It, it corrects us. There, there's something about the, the word that is, 
that, that brings us back around. And that's why my, my, my encouragement to you would be this, is to, as you're, as you're, you're choosing a word that you, you believe reflects what God is trying to make you and what he's trying to do in your life, is that you couple that together with Scripture. Like, like find a passage of Scripture that, that takes that word and, and kind of digs it deep and reminds you what's true about it and what's true about you. Just find a passage of Scripture. You say, I'm not even sure where to start. Listen, I'm not going to lie. This is, gonna sound, this is like the most spiritual thing you're going to hear. Google. I mean, that's, it's a good place to start. You come up with a list of verses. Maybe, maybe you say, Ben, I'm like brand new to the Bible. I don't know. And sometimes even going back and just getting a long list of verses and going through them and, and you reflect on something new or maybe you've got someone around you, a friend, a small group leader, someone you, you go to small group with, someone you sit with at church and you say, listen, man, I'm looking for a verse on this, just a reminder of God's, of God's faithfulness. And maybe they, and listen, if you've got no friends and you're not in a group and you don't know anywhere and you don't even know how to Google something or you can't figure out what Google is safe, man, let me know. Like write to Tom, write to Britt, write to me we want to help you listen because everything should come back and be rooted into scripture find a verse that you can you can cling to because there's something powerful listen in the darkest of the night when when, when we wonder if this is going to work and if i'm ever going to change there's there's something powerful about scripture now here's what you're going to do with the verse memorize it and some of you haven't memorized a scripture verse in a long long time I'm not trying to shame you. Not, 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 I, if I was going to do that, I'd ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to let you just remain anonymous. Like we haven't, like, memorized scripture. Like, some of us did that when we were little kids. Like, we memorized. Uh, here's the truth almost all the scripture I have memorized, I memorized before I was 16. I probably remember, if I'm being honest, I probably memorized between 12, because I don't think I memorized anything between 12 and 16. But man, when I was, when I was young, man, it was just like the mind and mom was pumping that into my head. And, but I've started a renewed habit of memorizing scripture. There's something powerful about it, man. Just, and listen, you may just take one verse. Here's an easy way to do it. Pull out a three by five card. Just write that verse on it, take it with you, stick it in your visor, stick it on your mirror, stick it in a couple of places, memorize that verse. And after a couple of days, you're not gonna need the, you're gonna need the card. It's gonna be, it's gonna be stuck in your head. You're gonna be coming back to it every day. So, <coughs> excuse me. Now you don't just have, you, you don't just have a word. You've got scripture that goes with that word. And when you're reflecting on the word, you're actually going back and you're speaking scripture and the word back into your life. For some of us, the, the habit of the year will be memorizing Scripture. And you'll get done with one, and you'll pick up another. And maybe you want to add to that reading Scripture, just like reading the Scriptures. And some of you, I know it's the beginning of a year, and you're like into it. You're like, I'm reading through the Bible this year. And you have started. You're in Genesis. Oh, man, it is. Genesis is awesome. It's exciting. You're, you're going to get to some stuff that's not so exciting. You're going to get to some stuff that's weird. You're just wading your way through it. 
Maybe you're not ready to tackle the whole of the Bible and you're going to like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the New Testament. Or maybe you've read the whole of the Bible and you're like, I just want to focus on the New Testament story of Jesus. And so pick up that story. Or, or maybe you're just like, I just want to read the story of Jesus. So you're going to start reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Or maybe you're like, Ben, I've never done this before. Brand new to this whole thing. Like you're talking about read the whole Bible. I haven't read a whole book since I was in high school. Listen, here, here's a place to start. Read John. Just take the Gospel of John, the story story of Jesus is written by John. It is a beautiful, beautiful story. Just start reading through that and see what it doesn't ignite. Here's what I'm saying is that scripture, the word, is how we discover the answers we need. It's how we measure. And it's the thing that God uses to bring me back to what's true. So that word is linked to scripture. So here's a here's a third a third question, um, and this is uh, ooh, this is the hard one because most of us are just world class procrastinators, right? When will I get around to it? <laughs> You've got stuff in your life that's been hanging around reactions, emotions, fears, dysfunction, struggles, sin, that's been hanging around in your life for years. And you keep telling yourself you're struggling with it. You're only not struggling with it. You're just, you're just dwelling with it. And so my question is, when, when will you get around to fixing it, to working on it? When does change get started? When do you begin writing a new story? I know you're thinking that my answer is going to be today, but that's not the answer, actually. I've developed one habit in my life that has made a bigger difference over the last 30 years than any other habit. It's not even close. It's the one thing that has made me a better husband. It hasn't made me a perfect husband. My wife's going to be in the second service. I just wanted to add that just in case. This may be better. I'm better now than I was five years ago. I'm way better than I was 10 years ago. And oh my goodness, 30 years ago, train wreck. It's made me a better dad. My kids are all sort of gone. And I'm still learning how to be a dad. This one habit has made me a better dad. And I guarantee you it's made me a better pastor and a better leader. It's the habit of a daily time with God. That's it. It's not magic. It's about 30 minutes, give or take. Sometimes a little longer, 
Sometimes it's a little shorter. Sometimes it's awesome. Sometimes I feel like I'm going through the motions, but it's every day. Just the time with me and the Lord in his word and in prayer. Here's what Jesus had to say about this. Matthew 6, 6, Jesus said, but when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. You see, the answer to when will you get around to it is every day. It's literally every day. That's why for me, I have to start my day with it. It's every day. Because every day, I, it's a little course correction. Every day, in my, I use a, and I use a journal. I, I, I want to write it down because my memory's not as good. And I'm writing it down. And I'm writing down my word. And I'm writing down scripture. And every day, it's just bringing me back, bringing me back, bringing me back. The truth of scripture, like a, like a measuring line, just bringing me back, bringing me back. Show me, this is what I meant you for. This is how I want you to live. This is what I'm doing. I want to remind you of my faithfulness. I want to remind you of my goodness. I want to remind you of what you're made for. Don't fall into the trap. Don't believe the lie. Don't be like the person that's next to you. Don't go that way. You see, I don't get enough. You're not going to get enough here on Sunday. I don't care how good the preaching is, folks. But there's something about that every day. It brings me back, brings me back, brings me back. And here's what happens. Every day in that place, God's writing a new story. He's changing the narrative slightly, bit by bit by bit by bit, making me into a better husband, better dad, better pastor, better leader. It's carving things off, putting new things in, reminding me of things, correcting me of things, challenging me. Boy, a lot of times comforting me, saying, hey, listen, no, 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 no. Listen, I haven't given you the spirit of fear in Scripture, those verses that you're memorizing. He's bringing them back. And all of that happens in that, in that little time where a new story is written. You see, here's what I'm saying. You're at the beginning of year, and for a lot of us, it's a moment of just a, of moderate soul searching. Who am I going to be? What God's going to do? What, 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 what's he want to make of me? Where am I going? How am I going to change the narrative, the story? Because this is the place that it happens. Most of us have heard the name Nobel. We know it because of the Nobel Peace Prize and we sort of know there's others. There's the Nobel Prize for Literature and for Economics, and there's three different ones for Science. And maybe you know that the prize was named after a man named Alfred P. Noble. And he died in, I think it was 1896. He left his entire fortune, everything. In U.S., in today's dollars, it was worth $250 million to establish 
the Nobel Peace Prize, the Nobel Prize for Literature, and three for science. Five of them. They added economics since. There's enough money that it made it go for, they think, forever. A lot of people don't know where Alfred P. Noble made his money, though, because it's kind of ironic for the guy who's known for the Peace Prize. Alfred Noble made his money because he was a chemist and he had been, he was fascinated with nitroglycerin because it exploded stuff. And in his study and his research, he discovered a way to make dynamite and he patented it and he became fabulously rich. There were a hundred different factories around the world manufacturing Alfred P. Noble's dynamite. He was the darling of the mining industry, and then he became the darling of the war machine because they figured that this, this could help turn the tide of battle. <laughs> so how does that guy become the guy we know? There's an interesting piece of backstory. History tells us that in 1888, there was a rumor that swept through that Alfred P. Noble had died. And there was actually an obituary written in his local newspaper that he read. And the obituary was horrifying. It said the merchant of death has died. And he read that and thought, that's what my life is? That's what I'm going to be known for? He would live another eight years, and in those eight years, he began to craft this plan with almost no one knowing until his death, and he completely rewrote the narrative of how people knew him. I read that story, and I think all I ever knew of him is he was the Peace Prize guy. I never knew the other stuff. I know how easy it is to get stuck in one way and think this is just who I am and what I am and how I will always be. It's how I feel. It's how I grew up. It's where I was raised. It's what I've always done. It's what my people do. But you do not have to live captive to what other people have done and what other people have think. Do not copy the behaviors, customs of this world, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Instead, let your mind be transformed by the work of God in you. Let Scripture, let His Word, let the work of God begin to work its way in. When does it begin? Today. And where does it happen? Every single day, bit by bit. He's taking that wheel and He's turning, turning, turning me into what He wants to make me to be. So there it is. What's your word? What's the scripture that you want to anchor it to? What will it look like 
day by day as you begin to live that out. Would you bow with me? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. One of the scariest things we do is attempt to change something that we've failed at changing before. And that may be your story. You may be looking going, oh, Ben, I wanted to get over this. I haven't wanted to feel this way, talk this way, act this way, be this way. But I've tried. Listen, I'm not here to offer a a magic bullet. I'm just putting a path in front of you. And I'm telling you that bit by bit, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, God has used this in my life for generations in the lives of millions of others to bring about genuine, godly transformation. So my invitation to you is think deeply about what God wants you to be. Latch on to it. Sum it up in a word. Attach it to scripture. And then every day, in a moment of time with him, be reminded of his faithfulness, of what is true and good. Let him correct you and instruct you and comfort you through his word. Father, We want to be like you. We want to follow you. We don't want to live the same old way. Caught in the same old stuff. We're living the same old dysfunction, Father. We bought into the lie of the devil that that's just who we are. And how we have to be. But today with fresh eyes. We see that you. Are making us into something that is new. And we say yes to it father. We believe you for it. We're not pretending the power comes from us or the people around us, or from a church, or from a pastor, Father. We believe, Father, it's the work of God through the Holy Spirit, Father. We believe we find the truth in your scripture, and it comforts us, and instructs us, it guides us. So this year, my prayer is that all across this room, you would give a new season of victory, a new lease on life, the breaking of old habits, long-held dysfunctions, Father, that we would find in you 
everything we need. In Jesus' name, amen.